Blog Talk Radio. Hello out there. My name is Sam Maxwell, and welcome to the Bedford and Sullivan Podcast, the podcast that keeps you, the audience, active listeners in the Brooklyn Dodgers TV series research process. And speaking of Brooklyn, we're keeping it in the family to kick off the 2014 editions of the podcast. This is a, a big reason why Brooklyn is so close to my heart, is that a good chunk of my family on my mother's side uh, hail from the town. And without further ado, I bring on my Aunt Barbara and Uncle Stan, my mother's sister, and her husband. How are you guys doing? Hi, Sam. How are you doing? Great, Sam. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I know that uh, we're, we're about 45 degrees and, and a little uh, rainy up here, but you guys, you guys are uh, enjoying your Florida, uh, your Florida time right now, right? Sam, I just want you to know I thank you for calling today. You just picked the hottest and sunniest day since we've been here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you can always count on Florida for it to be raining, so uh, you'll get out there, Stan. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Absolutely. No problem at all. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm going to start with you, Barbara, and if you could just give us a, um, a rundown on your Brooklyn Foundation. Where, you, where do you come from in Brooklyn and, and uh, tell us about your experience in the borough? Okay, I was raised in Crown Heights on Albany Avenue, uh, which was near Eastern Parkway in Crown Heights. We lived in an apartment house. Um, We lived on the fifth floor. It was a six-story building, and my aunt lived on the second floor, so it was a whole family affair. And that's how it was back those days. Everybody lived around each other. Um, One of my fondest memories is in the summer, we used to go to Brighton Beach. Uh, We used to take a subway train there. Uh, we didn't have cars, and a lot of the homes in Brighton Beach had lockers in the back of their homes, and my parents used to rent a locker, so we would go there at the beginning of the summer, bring all our stuff, and leave it there. We'd go to the beach and then come back, um, change, shower, and take the train back home, and we would bring all our food and back and forth, and it was a very fond memory. Um, I used to walk to school. Uh, we didn't have school buses. Um, everything was, you know, that's how it was. It was very, you know, a, a nice neighborhood. All our neighbors knew us and, and everything like that. And you mentioned Eastern Parkway. I know you were telling me uh, about your summers out there. Well, what, tell me, uh, since I've, I've hailed from, you know, I, I, came, I lived in Brooklyn in 2008 on Eastern Parkway, so I'm very interested to, to hear what it was like back in the day on that that beautiful street. Well, on nice days, it didn't have to be the summer, but on nice days, there were benches on Eastern Parkway. So we, as kids, we used to play around there, and our parents would sit on the benches and, and, and visit and talk to each other when we would play. And then there was a park down about two or three blocks down Eastern Parkway. There was this big park. I don't remember what it was called at this time, but there was um, like a waiting pool there, like, very small pool, but huge. I mean, it was big, but maybe no more than two feet of water. And that's how we, that's where we would go to cool off, like after school um, uh, or on the weekends if we, were, if we had to be around and we couldn't go to Brighton Beach. That's what we would do. But Eastern Parkway was like a, I don't know, it was kind of like a meeting place. Like everybody went there to sit and visit and talk and play, that kind of thing. Well, very cool. Now, Stan, I know you weren't too far away from Crown Heights down in Flatbush. No, we were in the Flatbush area, and uh, needless to say, I was, I was born at a very early age of zero. Um, 
my earliest recollections of Brooklyn uh, had been that everything was basically localized. Um, you had family in the area, you had friends in the area. Um, today people are scattered throughout the world, but at that time uh, the family was like very close and the friends were very close. And uh, some of the situations that, uh, that I recall, um, local uh, uh, movie houses that were walkable, you didn't have to drive to. Um, we played a lot of sports, I was always sports oriented. And, uh, and, and the, uh, um, we used to come, go to high school and on the way home, one of our friends had a basket in his backyard that was right on the roof home. So he went, uh, you know, we would go walk home from school and you'd see a couple of fellows playing ball and you'd drop your books on the side and, uh, you know, you'd get to, uh, you'd get to shoot some hoops and uh, play some games before we went home to do homework. And uh, other sports we had were, uh, we had um, uh, a softball, we had uh, basketball, we played a lot of stickball. Uh, if you hit one sewer, it was a single, and you hit the second sewer, it was double. And if you hit it into Mrs. Velarde's yard, and she used to get very angry, that was a home run. And we, of course, couldn't get our ball back, but... Uh, but the thing I liked about growing up in Brooklyn was we had all nationalities, all races, and everybody got along. On our block, there were three Jewish families, two, uh, three Italian families, two Irish families, one Spanish family. Um, when also, when you played ball, you would play ball. You don't care the, the creed or the color of skin or whatever. You cared about, can you put the ball in the basket? Can you hit the ball? Uh, can you run? These are the things that were important. If you couldn't, didn't mean you were bad people, but just meant we didn't want you on our side. <laughs> so, uh, right, exactly. Now, speaking of, speaking of sports in Brooklyn, uh, right. you happen to be on the other side of things. You, you were uh, a fan of the team from Upper Manhattan. Exactly. I was brought up to be a Giants fan, New York Giants fan, um, and that time, and uh, I had gone to a number of giant games. And when uh, when I was about 14, my dad had told me he was a Yankee. While we were watching a Yankee game, he got very excited um, that the Yankees were winning. I said, "What are you so excited about? It, you know, it's not the Giants." He said, "Well, I'm I really am a Yankee fan." And it took me till the age of 14 to know he was a Yankee fan. And I said, well, if that was the case, why did you bring me up to be a Giant fan? And he said, because tickets were easier to get. <laughs> so, uh, so I became, and then when the Giants moved out, needless to say, uh, I was a National League fan, and I tried to be a Yankee fan, which lasted one day. And uh, then I realized I was a National League fan, and, uh, you know, I stuck with that. But, well, they, uh, I'm glad I'm glad you did, and you and I are humongous Mets fans, and got to see a no hitter together. So that I'm I'm glad you were not a Yankee fan. Exactly, being at that game was very exciting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It it was. I can't believe our lives synced up with that moment. But but Barbara, uh, yeah. I know that you weren't as into baseball as say uh, Stan and I, um, but you certainly remember the Dodgers vividly. Well, being, you know, the Dodgers was Brooklyn. I mean, everybody was a Dodger fan that I knew, and it was really exciting. And it's 
especially, uh, you know, every World Series, almost every World Series was the Yankees and the Dodgers. But what I remember, my friends and I used to go to the games. With, when I was a teenager, what we used to do is the good Juma truck used to come around and we used to buy ice cream. And if we saved the sticks from the ice cream pops, if, I don't remember how many we needed to save, maybe 10 or 12 or 15. We would bring them to the park and they would give us a ticket. And that's how we used to go to the games. And we did that quite often. We would save up enough, you know, um, sticks because we didn't have any, you know, we didn't have a lot of money and, and, and we couldn't go there and buy the tickets. So this is, this is how we got to see the games. And, and it was really fun. It was, it was definitely an activity that we did quite often during the season. And it was only the Dodgers. Right. Of course. Um, right. What do you remember about 1955? When they won the World Series? Yes. Um, I remember them winning the World Series. It was crazy in Brooklyn. Everybody came running out of wherever they were. The streets were like mayhem. Everybody was screaming and carrying on. They had a parade. The next day, school was closed. Um, it, was, it was quite a happening. It was just um, over the top. It was something you would you never forget. It's, you know, when they when a team when your team wins the World Series now, it's very very exciting. But that was especially because they beat the Yankees. That was you know that that added extra enthusiasm, should I say? Mm-hmm. Now, as a Giants fan, Stan, what was your perspective of Brooklyn on that day? Well, you know, again, being a Giants fan, I was always concerned that the Yankees were always winning, and uh, they had the reputation you know, uh, to have the most World Series wins and all. So I was really pulling for the Dodgers, although they were our our competition. uh, You really wanted to see a National League team win. And uh, uh, I had some good experiences, you know, being uh, living in Brooklyn. When I was uh, in my early teens or uh, 12, 13 years old, I used to take a bus about 20 blocks at that time uh, the fee was, was, I would imagine, about 15 cents or 10 cents to take a bus 20 blocks to go on the, uh, to go to Ebbets Field and see the game. And every once in a while, I used to go myself, and I would wear my giant jacket. And I found the young kids would be a little, uh, you know, try to, try, well, you're a giant fan in Ebbets Field, but I usually found that the mature adults were very, um, were very nice. You know, here are young kids coming in to see a ball game, and uh, that's what they took. Also, the fact that I was a giant fan in enemy territory. So, what what color was the jacket at that time for uh, the one that you were wearing? The one I was wearing was a black jacket with orange lettering, and occasionally some Dodger fans would try to get that jacket off of me, but no one could ever do that. <laughs> so what what is your first baseball memory, Sam? Uh, first baseball memory, I believe we went to, uh, it happened over a, a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I remember my father taking me to the polo grounds where the Giants played, and to see baseball, and the seats at that time, uh, needless to say, much less expensive than they were today, but also we were like right on the third baseline uh, and, you know, 
on, basically on the field, you know, which today uh, I can't imagine what the seats were. But uh, there were three doubleheaders in a row, and we went to all three games. And I really enjoyed it. You know, uh, it was against the Philadelphia Phillies, another arch rival of the, of the Giants. And, uh, you know, I, I saw some terrific four players. Barbara, um, what is your first game that, that uh, my, my Papa Harry took you to? I don't think I ever went to a game with Papa Harry. I used to go with my friends. Oh, okay, okay. Oh. I, I, I'd, I'm sorry. Uh, I'd, I thought I'd heard my mother once say that, uh, that he took you but not her to the game at some point. <laughs> no, I don't. I, she... If, I don't know. I don't remember that, but I do. I remember going to the games with my friends. We used to have to take two buses to get there, to get to Ebbets Field, because we lived on in Crown Heights. So we would take one bus, and at that time they had these paper transfers they would give you, and then you would get on another bus, and we would get to Ebbets Field with our sticks from the ice cream, and we would go up to the to the gate, you know, to to, to buy the ticket, and we would buy them with the with the sticks. And we would get a ticket, and, and we would go in. Of course, they weren't, you know, very good seats, but we, we had fun. And then we would take two buses to get home. And that's, that's, uh, it, it's, it's just you can hear how much of a neighborhood feel uh, the ballpark and, and, and the entire uh, town had uh, with baseball. And, and it's, it's something that you really don't have anymore. And it's, we're lucky to have Brooklyn baseball back, but it's still – uh, to have a major league, uh, to have a major league stadium right in the heart of of the neighborhood, that that is quite something. Yeah, it was it was it was like I said, uh, Brooklyn was the Dodgers. I mean, everybody was uh, everyone talked about the Dodgers. Everyone lived the Dodgers, and uh, if you went to a baseball game, anyone I knew who went to a baseball game went to a Dodger game. Sam, if I can interject here, um, you know, years ago. The Dodgers were the one thing that Brooklyn, one team Brooklyn had. If you went to Manhattan, you had, you know, the Giants, you had the Knicks, uh, the basketball, you had the Ranger hockey team. The only thing that Brooklyn had was the, the Brooklyn. That was, even though I wasn't a Dodger fan, that was our own, you know, that one sport where the other, you know, uh, Queens or uh, the Bronx, had that plus other, you know, the other sports. Right, so, and, and they they tried in Brooklyn to uh, for other sports to really catch on, but they never did. Do you remember seeing a, a Brooklyn football Dodgers game, Stan? Yes. I, well, I don't remember seeing it. It was just as I was getting a little older and getting into sports. I remember they had the Brooklyn Dodgers football team. Uh, they had the uh, New York Yankees, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, I'm going back, as I say, a number of years, more so than, uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, they had local, these were, again, the local teams, but the Dodgers were Brooklyn. Right, right, exactly. Um, well, let's get off uh, baseball for a second and just talk about, you know, kind of the social and cultural feeling of Brooklyn at the time. I'll start with you, Barbara. As you were coming of age, what are some of the activities that you guys would be doing, um, uh, you know, on the evenings and weekends? Well, we would always play in the streets. 
I mean, we didn't have backyards to play in. Uh, we didn't have, we weren't involved in a lot of activities like dancing and and um, and sports like that. So we would play in the streets. We would play a game called Potsy, which is uh, you you put chalk and and you make these boxes and then you you throw something in the box and you have to jump. It's like it's like hot 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 and we would hang out. We would hang out on the streets occasionally, and and go to people's homes actually in the evenings. Um, and we and that's basically what we used to do. We used to uh, walk everywhere. I remember going to the movies. We would walk to the movies. We we wouldn't take. We wouldn't get a. We wouldn't get dropped off by our parents to go to the movies. We would walk mm-hmm. there with our friends. And then we would come out and maybe have a piece of pizza and then walk home. Um, those are the things. We used to ride uh, or take the subways. When I was a teenager, we used to go on the subways. I used to meet my friends because I went to high school. I had to take two buses to get to high school. Okay, I went to Erasmus Hall and I lived in Crown Heights. And Erasmus Hall was in Fla- on Flappish Avenue. And I used to take two buses there and... Um, I would meet my friends somewhere, so we would always um, hang out after school. We went into this, uh, we would have lunch in Garfield's, which was like a cafeteria, but it was like, um, it was a restaurant on the corner. Um, and we, so we, after school, we used to go in there for a soda and hang out there. And then we would walk down Flappish Avenue to get the second bus that I would normally take because we would meet a lot of our friends and we would congregate and it was a social, it was our social time. And then I would normally the second bus home. So that's what we used to do. And, um, and, you know, I used to ride the subways late at night by myself when I was a teenager and my grandfather lived with us on Albany Avenue and he used to meet me at the subway train and walk me home. And, um, you know, it was, it was like everybody was very close. I remember every single Sunday we would visit my grandmother no matter what. And uh, we, we would have 20, 25 people every Sunday. Um, we used to play with all my cousins. I used to play stickball, like Stan said, and we used to play out in, in – she lived in like a garden apartment with my aunt, so – we would play out there in the yard there, and it was a fun. It was just, it was a good childhood. It was fun growing up in Brooklyn. When I lived out in the Eastern Parkway, I actually did take a bike ride to that Albany Avenue apartment, and it was it was quite something. There's a black gate in front of it now, which I'm guessing didn't exist uh, when you guys were there. Uh, no. But, but it's still basically, the, I'm sure, the same building that, that you guys lived in. Uh, now you mentioned uh, uh, movies, and, and you know, obviously, this is something that I'm, I'm looking to do with my life. Right? So I'm curious as to uh, what the the earliest movie memory you have, Barbara, and then I'll, I'll ask you the same questions now. Oh, I, the earliest mo- movie memory I have is Bambi. Okay. I, I went now, to see Bambi as a little girl. Where did you go? Do you remember what theater you saw it in? No, I do not remember what theater I saw it in. At the time, we didn't live on Albany Avenue. We lived on a street called Sterling Place. Okay. Um, Sterling Place in uh, Park Slope? In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, yes. Uh, And uh, it's kind of, I don't know what area it's called, but it's near Pitkin Avenue in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, And uh, off of St. John's Place. 
and I saw Bambi, and I was very upset because I believe Bambi's mother died, or Bambi's mother died, and I was devastated, absolutely devastated. That was my first movie experience. Then how about you, Stan? You know, it's funny. I, I was thinking of another movie, but I did see that as well, and I remember how I did feel when they shot Bambi's mother, and it was like... You know, having a relationship with with parents that that I did have, um, you know, it really it really got to me to see this this animal lose a lose a parent. It's kind of funny now when I see one deer in our area, um, I always look for somebody else. I feel bad for them that they only have one, you know. But that's that's me. But there was another movie I had seen. And I don't remember the name of it, but I remember the one uh, a double indemnity or something way back. And I remember there was a scene where a fellow was there was a driveway, and um, the car was on the driveway, and he went to go into the garage or something, and the car slipped and it crushed him. And I remember that movie gave me nightmares for for quite a while. It was like a very emotional, uh, you know, to see this person who was who was unprotected, and all of a sudden a car rams into him. So uh, that wasn't one of my favorite movies, you know, but uh, but it was one of the first. Do you guys remember ever going to the Lowe's Palace? Uh, I'm sorry, the Lowe's King Theater in Flatbush. No, I, I do not. We used to go to, I guess it was called the Paramount Theater, downtown Brooklyn, to see the um, the rock and roll shows. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we used to get there early, early, early because we had to stand on line. The lines were like blocks long to see like, um, oh, what's the group? Um, oh, Alan, Alan Freed's groups and um, and all the, the Alan Freed rock and roll shows. They were big time uh, when I was a teenager. Oh, what about Dick Clark? And Dick, well, Dick Clark, I used to watch Dick Clark after school every single day. And I had, like, a crush on some of the, one of the guys' names was Frankie. Right. I mean, I didn't know him from a hole in the wall, but I watched him every day. You would, you would watch, I remember there was a Justine and a Bobby or Justine something. And, Bobby. and um, we were so into Amer- to the American Bandstand, it was called, with Dick, Dick Clark's American Bandstand. That was like, as a teenager, that was something we all did every day. We came home from school. It was like a religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But Stan, uh, did you ever remember going to the, the Lowe's King Theater? And if not, what is... Um, a magnificent theater in Brooklyn that you remember going to? Well, I remember going to the Avalon. I was uh, in the Flappish area, so we had the, um, well, first of all, the Midwood Theater was on Avenue J, and I went, well, we, oh, I'm sorry, even go closer. On Coney Island Avenue, we had the Leader, which was right across the street from the school, uh, which would have been about five, six blocks away from my house. And then we, on the other, on Avenue H, we had the Kent, which was a leader in Kent with the two um, uh, brother-sister uh, movie theaters. And I remember seeing, you know, uh, movies in both of those. And as I got older, then went to Avenue J, um, which was the Midwood. 
And then when I went even further, then I went to uh, King's Highway. That was the, you know, the, the big theaters in our area. Mm-hmm. It was the King, the uh, King's Kingsway on King's Highway, and the the Avalon was on East 16th Street. And uh, you know, it was very, excuse me, it was very. Um, everything was lo- local. Everything today, it's more so running into Manhattan or running you know, out to Long Island, um, where years ago it was strictly, um, you know, everything being localized. Yeah, it, it's it's true, although Brooklyn is certainly uh, having a renaissance. It's reinvent, uh, reinvented itself a number of times and is certainly current, uh, currently doing so. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but there's, there's a, a, some... Uh, some people out there who would love to see Brooklyn become a city again. And, and uh, I don't think that's, it's probably not going to happen from an economical standpoint, but, but it certainly feels like its own separate entity once more. Uh, well, we, we don't have too much time left, but uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Barbara. Is there anything you'd like to add? Um, well, only that um, I love growing up in Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn is in my blood. I've always um, loved it. I'm, you know, it was just, um, it was a great place to grow up. It really, really was. And I know Brooklyn had a bad rap for a while, but I'm glad to see that it's, uh, it, it's, it came back. It really has came back. And people now respect Brooklyn, and they look, you know, they look at Brooklyn differently than they used to. And I know, you know, I still have my Brooklyn accent. Everyone tells me that. So, um, <laughs> so I don't think you can ever get Brooklyn out of me. <laughs> Exactly. And, and how about you, Stan? Uh, I, you know, I just had a thought, and I was listening to Barbara, and it just had, it just slipped my mind. Brooklyn was a was a wonderful place to grow up. Um, it's it's uh, the the activities we had, the friends that we made, the families that we had so close. As I say, now it's a matter of everybody, you know, in different areas. Um, where before it was all we were all together. Um, the respect people had for one another, as I mentioned before, people were people. It wasn't what you were, it was who you, if you were a good person, we liked you. If you weren't a good person, you know, uh, goodbye. I remember, uh, it's funny, I, when I was uh, in my early 20s, I was in the service out in Texas, and uh, I had gone in to fulfill my obligation, and um, I remember people hearing I was from Brooklyn wanted to know where my gun was, uh, which was very, uh, you know, I said, I told them I left at home. But <laughs> that, uh, you know, was very interesting. Um, and just the fact that I came from there right away was a different kind of thing. But if they had only known what it was really like, um, yes, were there bad areas? There are bad areas everywhere. And it's unfortunate. And when I see things that happen in those areas, you know, your heart goes out to these people. Uh, if you hadn't experienced it, it makes it even worse when you really do think about it and hear about it. But it was a wonderful place to grow up. Uh, there was a, a there, there was a, a love of people, I think. And uh, I don't know if other areas... Well, I'm sure they had the same thing, but it just—it was so close to home that it really made it. It made you feel good. 
No, and, and people in Brooklyn certainly talk about the place uh, unlike anybody that I've ever heard talk about a place around the world. And, and so uh, you guys hit it on the head. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all these stories, and you're certainly welcome back to call in any time. Great. Well, we appreciate your calling and, you know, letting Thank you, us Sam. It was, it was fun to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend, and, and uh, best of luck down in Florida. Thank you. Have a great week. That's our show, everybody. Catch us next week. Take care.